and welcome to another of our Harris Federation Poetry Podcasts. This time we're working with the poem Storm on the Island, which is written by Seamus Heaney. You'll need a copy of the poem, either digital or paper, and a notebook and pen to record all our annotations and your ideas. I'm going to start, first of all, by asking you to think about a time that the weather has had a profound emotional impact on you. So pause the recording and then have a little think. Has the weather ever made you feel happy or excited? Perhaps, can you remember a time it's made you scared? So maybe you were thinking about a snow day and the excitement that brings, or perhaps you've been terrified by a storm before. You can probably see how weather has the power to affect our emotions and our mental or psychological state. Seamus Heaney writes about just this. In his poem, Storm on the Island, Heaney describes a time when the weather is so bad on a remote island that it makes the inhabitants afraid. Have a look for evidence of this big idea that nature has power as you pause the podcast now and have a read through the poem. Finish reading? Great. Let's get started exploring the poem's meanings and more of its messages as we go through it now. So the poem begins with a collective pronoun we, whom readers assume are the inhabitants of the island. There's then the determined tone in the declarative, we are prepared. The narrator goes on to prove their preparedness with a list of the actions that they have taken against the storm. Their houses are squat, which means low and close to the ground, so that the wind has less power to topple them. The walls are sunk into rock. It is no empty claim that these islanders are prepared. They have proved it to us. And it's a monosyllabic line. All words have only one syllable, which makes it sound quite simple reflecting the idea that it's simple to protect yourself against nature. Who do you think has the power here? Pause the podcast and comment, is it nature or is it man? My vote is that man has the power because of just how prepared they seem. Moving on to line three, we have this wizened earth has never troubled us. Wizened, meaning shriveled and dry. Well, dry land is something that you would normally assume is bad or detrimental to the islanders because you'd think it'd mean that they are less able to produce crops and food. But the narrator's putting a good spin on it here. He is not worried. Again, it sounds as though they are in control. And this continues over the next few lines. The fact that there are no stacks or stooks, or other words, piles of grain such as wheat, That's seen as a good thing because they can't be lost. And similarly, he's commenting that the fact that there are no trees is also good because their leaves and branches can raise a tragic chorus in a gale, i.e. they can make a lot of noise. So some things which we would assume are negative, you know, the dry earth, the lack of trees and the fact that there are no stacks of grains, well, the narrator is calm about them, which shows us just how much he thinks he is in control at the start of this poem. Note that use of the word blast, though, on line seven. It's our first reference to something violent, and it's the first time the poet creates an uncomfortable mood. Blast gives us a clue of the full force of the wind or gale mentioned in the next line. The feeling of discomfort continues in line nine, so that you listen to the thing you fear. We hear now that actually the islanders fear the storms. They're afraid. Remember I said that blast was our first reference to violence? Well, very quickly, the references increase. We have pummels, which means strikes repeatedly, exploding, bombarded over the next nine or so lines. These words replicate the brutality of the storm on the islanders. 
The storm is picking up speed and therefore power. We'll come back to these words later in the podcast. Let's return to our line-by-line analysis. In line 11, we get another reference to the trees. Remember how before there being no trees was turned into a good thing? Well, now the narrator recognises the danger having no trees brings. There is, he says, no natural shelter. Or in other words, nowhere for these islanders to hide. Heaney is building up the tension here. The narrator sounds more and more nervous. Pause the recording again and revisit the lines above. Note how the poet does hint how all the things the narrator is comfortable with are actually a concern deep down. We have the wizened earth, which has never troubled us. Remember, we said that that seemed really positive. But note the enjambement. The words, with hay, fall onto the next line. It's, it's almost as if the narrator is hiding this negative fact, that there is no hay, by placing them, these words, onto the next line. He is blinding himself and the readers to their potential weakness and humanity's lack of power. The idea that nature is not our friend continues into the next lines. The narrator comments on how you might think that the sea is company, but no. That strong but no asserts how wrong we were to think of nature as our friend. We hear how the spray of the sea, which, you know, spray is those droplets felt if you've ever walked beside the sea. We hear how the spray hits and spits. It gave the illusion of being a tame cat, so a gentle cat, but really it is savage. Look at turned savage and some other phrases like but no and blast. They're all at the start of the lines and they sort of take us by surprise. This reflects how the storm came around so quickly it took the islanders by surprise too. What or who has the power now? Nature. Remember the action of the islanders at the start of the poem? They were doing a lot to guard themselves against the storm, weren't they? Building their houses a certain way, for example. But now look at line 16. We just sit tight. A huge contrast from action to stasis. They have lost their power against nature. There is nothing they can do now as the storm holds the action. The wind dives and strafes. These words are typically used to describe fighter jet planes zipping through the air. This comparison makes us realise how quickly and dangerously the wind is changing direction and hitting their homes. Plus, the word invisibly adds another element of uncertainty and fear. Anything bad that happens without us being able to track it is more terrifying than something we can monitor, isn't it? I want you to pause the podcast again now. See if you can find any more words that we might associate with war. Then think about why you think Heaney uses these words in his poem about a storm. So I wrote down salvo and bombarded from the next couple of lines and then went back through the poem and noted exploding and blast and pummels, like we said earlier too. The line, we are bombarded, creates the idea that they are being showered in bullets. Think about the sound of heavy raindrops on a car or on a tin roof. So loud and intimidating. Why did you think that Heaney uses this war imagery? I think it shows us how violent and terrifying the storm is. Like a war, they feel attacked by it, like an enemy army. The closing line offers us a different tone. There's no war imagery here. Heaney writes, Strange, it is a huge nothing that we fear. 
huge nothing, that paradox perhaps gives us confidence at the end of the poem. He thinks it's just wind and rain, it's nothing, it'll be over soon. Or instead, perhaps by saying that we fear this huge nothing, it accentuates the central message, that humanity is weak in the face of nature. We are scared of the storm, so much so that we are even scared of something we know to be nothing. As we mentioned in our Bayonet Charge podcast, it's really important to interrogate the last line and phrase of a poem. Even the last word of Heaney's poem is significant. By ending the word fear, it suggests that this feeling of being afraid is the overriding emotion. It will last forever. Their fear will last forever. Heaney leaves us with the impression that the islanders are scared and just as they are left with their fear even after the storm has passed. This brings us to the key messages of the poem. Based on our walkthrough of the poem, pause the recording now and note down what you think the big ideas of the poem are. So what are Heaney's messages? Welcome back. Firstly then, the first idea that we've explored a lot in this podcast is that nature has power over humanity. To add detail, Heaney presents, I think, the idea that nature has the power to psychologically affect humanity, in particular, causing fear. Don't forget, you can always rewind these little parts of the podcast to make sure you've got these big ideas down. But secondly, another big idea is that Heaney presents nature as a violent, unpredictable, intimidating enemy. Thirdly, and slightly more positively, perhaps Heaney explores the collective solidarity of humanity. The islanders are working together in an attempt to prepare themselves against the storm. There seems no conflict here between the people. The only conflict is between man and nature. Our final uh, big idea is that Heaney reveals that the strength against the enemy that the people thought they had at the beginning was just an illusion. There's a conflict here then between perception and reality as the islanders thought they were prepared, but ultimately they were not. Pause the podcast again, rewind to make sure that you've got those big ideas jotted down and then find evidence, so quotations from the poem that prove those big ideas. Perhaps you might have chosen the violent imagery of bombarded, exploding hits and spits to show that nature has power. Or that final line that reveals humanity's fear of nature to prove just how powerless we are. For the second, I'd have selected it pummels your house or spits like a tame cat turned savage to prove that nature is unpredictable and violent. The collective pronouns we suggests the united front of the islanders, therefore proving that third one that Heaney is exploring the solidarity of humanity and how they work together. And finally, I have chosen, you might think that the sea is company, but no, to prove that the islanders' feelings of strength and comfort were just an illusion. Did you find similar quotations to prove our big ideas? Now, before we look at comparing this poem to others in our anthology, I want to just signpost some further thinking about the war imagery we have been mentioning. We at Harris have an accompanying YouTube video found on our Learning with Harris channel, which we have a link to on our Harris English Twitter page. In that video, we discuss how Seamus Heaney was influenced by the Troubles, a war occurring in Ireland based on religion and national identity. 
He gives another interesting interpretation of this poem, so do investigate by checking out that clip. In the last part of the podcast, we will reflect on how to compare this poem to some of the others in our anthology. If you've read some of the other poems, pause the podcast and see if you can link any of our big ideas to the other poems. So firstly, the idea that nature is the enemy that we've seen very explicitly in this poem is also in Exposure, written by Wilfred Owen. In Exposure, we hear of how the wind knifes or stabs the soldiers and how the snow is more deadly than the successive flights of bullets in the air. Owen and Heaney show how nature is an enemy and moreover, humanity is vulnerable or exposed to nature's power. Think of the title, Exposure. And also how the islanders in Heaney's poem have no natural shelter against the storm's power because there are no trees. Nature is the enemy in both poems and moreover humanity is vulnerable to it too. We then look to Wordsworth's The Prelude. In both that poem and Storm on the Island, nature affects the protagonist psychologically. Wordsworth, in his poem, is writing about when he was a young boy and how he had to abandon his adventure to take a little rowing boat out on a lake because of his encounter with nature. He saw a towering peak and it intimidated him, intimidated so much that it caused him to have a grave and serious mood. And even later, he had trouble sleeping. So nature is shown to have psychological effects on the islanders, as we've seen, because it caused fear. So in both, Wordsworth and Heaney offer a picture that the power nature has to cause psychological pain for humanity. Did you think of any other comparisons between the poems? Listen to more of our podcasts, and as you do so, see if you can find more patterns between the different poems. There are lots to be identified. Thank you.